only fools fall in love like why would you do that right you've got so much to live for so much to accomplish so much to do you've never heard people say love is pain like that's why it's a powerful statement i feel if you say only fools fall in love and i fell for you welcome into the podcast episode six of living large what an intro, guys. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on my YouTube channel. And you guys can listen to the uh, podcast exclusively on the app CastBox every Wednesday at 6 o'clock in the morning, followed up by a noon posting on my YouTube channel. Today's guests, plural, for the first time ever having two guests, the British lads, Life of Dylan. Introduce yourselves. Hello, hello, hello. What's I'm good, people? David. This is Joe. And we are Life of Dylan. Yeah. You guys are a musical duo. Thank you yeah. for doing that little harmony with me. I tried to participate, guys. Uh, a little backstory on these guys. They actually produced and co-wrote my very first song. Does your mama know? And Joe, you came up with the with the, harm, the melody, right? Na, 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 na. I can't remember, dude. That was a while ago, but you know, I ideas like are floating. On that one. I'm going to fucking throw that one out there. <laughs> and I don't then, know. <laughs> ideas are floating around. You know, we're bouncing off each other. It's... Yeah, a bit of yeah. everything. It know? was a fun process, guys. I gotta say, and you guys have a really crazy story. We'll, we'll touch on a lot of the things because your journey from London. The last episode, I had my buddy Johannes on, and he's from Austria. So you got European after European, mm-hmm. killing it. Little bit different story for both of you guys since you guys are in music, but you guys just released an EP called MIA. What does that stand for? Missing in action. Correct. That's what I thought it stood for. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you come up with that concept? Um, that's actually one of the oldest. Uh, songs concepts that we've had it's like it's about four years old that song that song mia yeah yeah so it started out with us um just writing a hook it was just a chorus and we had it over these like the the beat was like with military drums okay so we just took a military term mia you know, oh yeah okay into like a like a love song what how does that song start you guys was this what you were rehearsing earlier no oh that's something different that was something different that's that's a an old school Nigerian song. Let me hear this. Give me some vocals. Give give the vocals some people. Give the people some vocals. Our government bado. Them no one give ghetto man job. Oh my god. If a ghetto man no get work. My brother know how we go take survive. Government bado. Them no one give ghetto man job. Oh my god. If a ghetto man don't get work, my brother know how we go take survival. Woo! That's not our song, but we love that song, man. What was that English? That's pigeon English. What does that mean? It's like it's a mixture between English and local languages in West Africa. In West Africa. So yeah. you are that's your heritage, I'm, right? I'm West Africa. Nigerian and English. But you were born where? Brazil. But you're not Brazilian. No. <laughs> Do you speak Portuguese? Um, a little bit. Like, no, I wouldn't say I speak Portuguese, but when I go there, it sort of just comes back to me. It's How weird. long did you live in it's Brazil? A, six years. Oh, wow. But my first six years. So it's it's deep in there, but I can't really access it. Like, right, I right. I wish I could. So you live for, first six years in Brazil. What about you, David? England. I'm English. Born and bred and English bread. lad. Yeah. What's your favorite English muffin? <laughs> I'm, I'm a blueberry muffin kind of guy. Blueberry muffin kind of guy. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I like the blueberry. I like the chocolate chip. Um, so, so you guys met where in London? I'm assuming, since you both have the British accents. Um, not in London. We no. met in a in a place called Sandwich. Uh, which Sandwich. Is, yeah, which is about ten minutes from where I live and grew up. Um, and it was a boarding school, so I was a day student and Joe was a boarder. 
what does that mean what is a boarding school like i lived at school oh okay okay yeah what do you call that over here you is this college are you talking about no high school high school, no, high high school, school. yeah yeah Okay. Do you have that over here? I think, yeah. I don't know. I didn't know that they were called boarding schools because they're not that popular for. Right. I had like a private school, like an academy, we kind of yeah. called it. Yeah. Um, Especially where parents send their kids to go to school. Got it. Okay. And um, did you guys go to study music? No. no. It, was a, it was like high school. So you learned We studied everything. everything. Yeah. You know, just like regular school kids chemistry, biology, English lit. All of that, right, right. Music. So just normal school, yeah. Right. From, I, so how from there did you decide? Hey, let's let's do music together. How did you get? Well, into we music? were sixteen and we all had hobbies, I suppose, and ours was making music. So pretty much from the jump, like probably like the first couple of weeks we met, um, he sung, I played guitar. So it was kind of a that sort of a match from the beginning. And uh, you know, after numerous hours after school of you know just mucking around, um, I, I went to London to meet his brothers. Um, and we sort of started taking it a little bit more seriously. And, you know, we're like 17, 18 at that point. Um, but it was always just a hobby. I think we always thought like, okay, we're going to have to get real jobs at some point. You know, um, Joe studied law at university. I studied engineering. And um, and after university, we were like, you know what? Let's just give this music thing a go. And so, yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Like, so you started off on the guitar. Joe, how did you get into singing? Because you have a very angelic, high-pitched voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, man, I remember being four years old and just loving music from that young age. There was always music in my house. A lot of Michael Jackson. That's my favorite of all time. Uh-huh. You know, so, Like Jackson 5 or Ma- Michael no, Jackson? No, Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. The Jackson 5 are great too, but like yeah. I was a Michael Jackson fan. Um <clears throat> So I don't know, I just, I had musical brothers. Both my brothers sang as well or made music in some form or another. Music's playing in the house, obviously you, you soak up what's around you. Right, right. You know, but um, for me, one of the, my big influences was this movie um, with Whoopi Goldberg. Do you remember Sister Act? No. No, so it's that movie where she's not, she pretends to be a nun and she goes to the school and basically teaches these kids how to sing, these ghetto kids. Okay. And, um, <laughs> it's just like musically really solid and really great and that movie inspired me to really like yo know, I like music you know I like the way it sounds I like the way people come together and you know what they can do with that so that inspired me from a young age and I guess just I knew my I knew my passion That's right it, you know? so, so here, here's a question I have so you have these two brothers one's a producer one's a singer mm-hmm. why'd you want to start a band with David when well, you had two brothers I tell you what man um, my brothers never took me seriously okay when it came to music. I wasn't the talented. Are you the youngest brother? I'm the youngest. Okay. I wasn't the talented one in the family. You know, um, my eldest brother was the most talented. And my middle brother, he was the producer, so he wanted to work with the most talented. Right, right. Not me. So I always ended up trying to be part of the sessions, trying to get in there and make music with my two brothers. But like, they really worked more together, you know? And uh, my eldest brother ended up getting a record deal and having top 10 hits in the UK and all of that. And because my other brother had produced all of his records, there was a chain reaction where you become successful. It's like, well, you're going to become successful too. You're going right. to get your deals because you produced all of that shit. And um, am I allowed to say that? On, yeah, on you can swear. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so um, I was kind of left behind and just doing my own thing. But I went to school with David. I, me and my brothers didn't go to the same schools. Right, right. So What's the age gap on you and your brothers? Uh, just... One year between me and my immediate middle, my middle brother, and then three years. 
between me and okay the, so you guys are pretty close in age close, yeah yeah but we're, we're all like this very much the same people and at the same time completely different um i, f- I feel that's in part due to the fact that like we lived in different countries at different times and mm-hmm. went to different schools and you know right. so um me and david ended up making music together because i suppose that's just that was god's plan you know i don't i don't think drake I don't, shout out drake shout out drake i love that song <laughs> but that was that wasn't we weren't trying to be a band we were trying to be songwriters we all right. did our own thing oh, okay. each one of us did our own thing like rob had his own band well, had his, yeah. t- his older brother had his own thing I was doing my own thing. Joe was doing, I was his doing own my thing. own thing. Like it wasn't did it, really did it start like, off more so as a hobby? Was it like, hey, let's just get together, let's try to do some shit together? Did you have side jobs working, or was it always like full commitment? Let's let's make music. Yeah, well, once we came out of university, we had you know sort of like student loan money left over, right, right. and we were like, yeah, fuck getting a job. Like let's just focus on music, you know. So we gave it a good couple of years where we really went hard. Um, you know, we were making songs after songs after songs, and we were getting a lot of knocked you know we were getting knocked down at every pretty much opportunity we had it's not good enough doesn't sound right Mm -hmm. this song's you know you wouldn't believe that overload we sang on something else and they were like it's too urban we don't like it but you know and then overload ended up being your first major hit like 23 million plays on spotify right well the problem is that it's it's all objective it's right right so it's like one yes is another man's no and a hundred no's you only need the one yes to take it a little bit further Mm -hmm. you know so um yeah, we just kept going. We knew that if we were if we were the hardest working people in the room, and we would keep making music, at some point someone would have to notice. Yeah, and who did notice? So we we, we got to a point where uh, we couldn't live in the same place at the, at the time. We weren't making any money. We didn't have anything coming in. Um, getting pressures from you know parent to right, right. to get jobs and you know that kind of type of stuff. And uh, we had a few months to go, so we started really like emailing as many uh, managers record labels whatever we could you know <clears throat> sort of find online and um, eventually there was a guy Adam Alpert we emailed and he got back to us almost straight away and loved everything we had and Adam Alpert he's with Disruptor which is with Epic yeah, he also manages the Chainsmokers no, as well Disruptor's it's not with Epic it's underneath Sony underneath Sony okay yeah so we're on Disruptor and Epic Records they have a joint own. venture? No, not a joint venture. <laughs> they, they, they have a, a partnership of sorts. Okay. Uh, his joint venture's with Sony, who's one of the major, there's three yeah. major labels. Okay. Sony, what are the, Universal, Capital. Warner's. Which one's Capital? It's his own. So Cap- there's, so guys, yeah. music industries, when I, when I first started making music with you guys, I learned a lot about the music industry. And I think a lot of people, let's talk about this before we get any deeper, how complicated the music industry is. So you guys have a manager. Right. You guys have... A label, a record you have, label, and yeah. do you have agents? Yeah, and we have a publisher, and you have a publisher, yeah. and then obviously you have, and then your other thing, directors, yeah. all that stuff for music well, videos. Well, only if they, you only pull them in for certain songs, <laughs> right, projects, right, whatever. But those are your main, your main. And then label. every time you make a song, there's publishing, then there's master. Mm-hmm. What, what? Talk about that. What is publishing? What is master? So people out there that are making music that eventually, hey, they have to sign a record deal or they write a song with someone that they so, have to run into. So the publishing is the underlying composition. It's the words that you wrote, the melody, the chords, the notes that you would write on, on sheet paper, on, you know, if you were gonna notate it out. But the master is the actual recording. Okay. It's the actual thing that you produced that you created in the studio. Like if you had a CD, the, the CD would be- The, the master. The, right. So yeah. you can create a new master of the same song. You know, take a, a really popular song 
it's probably been recorded a million times over or whatever you know um but you can never rewrite it the publishing is what was so a cover essentially you would own the master but the publishing is exactly the actual written song so yes. basically in a song guys has two 100 percents is how i'm describing it uh you have the master you have the publishing so for example say a movie wants to use your song in their movie mm -hmm. they'll pay you a publishing fee they'll pay you a master fee the publishing fee keeps recouping, right? Yeah, and the then master the master fee is, fee is like a, a one-time fee. Is a licensing fee. Yeah. A licensing fee. Hey, yeah. let's use this. And then the publishing is like however many plays the movie gets exactly. or the commercial yeah, gets. Then you residuals, royalties. Yeah. Um, talk about signing a record deal. What does that look like? So you you guys come out here to America. You sign a record deal. Does that does that involve upfront money? Is that you have to pay that money back? Yeah. Do yeah. you? How do you live here, you know? We were very lucky. I mean, we're probably one of the few people that come from England. You know, it's usually you start somewhere, you build, make a bit of noise, and you attract some, you know, some right. sort of... But we, we had nothing. We had just music, songs on songs, and we sent these songs to a bunch of people, and they offered us uh, a record deal. Was this still when you were trying to just be songwriters, or did you want to be Life of Dylan? No, so we were, we were um, just trying to... Be songwriters so you were sending these songs off to for example adam alpert saying hey here's mm -hmm. some songs no, no. does any of you guys want these so it's, it's weird it's <laughs> we'd weird. switched at that point yeah okay so okay we, at that so point we'd pretty much written we'd spent eight yeah. months writing songs we'd made um a lot of music in that time and but we only wanted to be songwriters and then at the that point um we were staying in my mom's house and my mom came home and was like what are you guys doing you have a law degree you have an engineering degree and who the fuck is that dude you all need to get the fuck out Right, that was pretty. It was much like the YMCA's was. house. We were just having <laughs> yeah, like random were, people staying. There, were, all there the time. were a lot of people staying in my house. You know? <laughs> so um, we were showing a bit of tough love, and at that moment, we were like, "Fuck it, like let's just try to do something." Right, you right. Know, we had yeah. a bunch of songs, that, and we put them together. And we were like, we made it a faceless band with you know, hence our logo and yep, the life yep. of Dylan. Like people always ask us, "Who's Dylan?" It was a faceless thing to begin with that we just put up on YouTube, and then you know, that's those are always the ones that go man. yeah you know, that's what got all the attention and all the love and um that was what happened and that got us out here you know but those first initial songs were all songs that we wrote as songwriters to pitch right like he mentioned earlier overload was a song we we were pitching to djs you know we were trying to just make money as songwriters and stay behind the scenes and then then we got the opportunity to put it out as an artist and um and you, well, we were like that you mean you're gonna pay us to sing these songs and travel the right. world okay cool yeah we'll do right. that yeah we'll go hi i'm arusha pires host of a new podcast called investing with ibd here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys have been out for here for how long? 
We've been out in America for about three years, on and off, but two and a half years permanently. And then you guys came out with a song called American Girl. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? Because it's like, uh, I talked about Johannes with, uh, to him about the visa situation and how hard it is to come to mm-hmm. America and pursue this career. Right. Basically, when you came here, what'd you have? You had a visa for three years, mm-hmm. and then you wrote the song with two years left. <laughs> nah, you know, that song was actually, that chorus was part of a rap that I wrote. I was just having fun, you know, and um, I took a quarter of the verse and then sang it. And the rest of it was kind of like a satire. Um, I mean, having fun, but almost satirizing the political climate in, in this country. You know, like we all watch the news and see what's going on and yeah. it's a joke, you know. Um, this whole wall situation that never happened. And right. everybody, you know, and it's just ridiculous. So like, it's a fun song, but there's a little bit of subtext in there, it, you know. Okay. They can build these walls between us, but they can't stop people dreaming. Like these are, it's a, a slight jab at, right, right. you know, just touching on the topic, you know, so. Yeah, and I think yeah. it speaks volume too to you guys because you know, you guys have had uh, your own your own struggles and you know, and it's like, in, in one of your recent songs, you, what's what, what's the lyric that you guys just had that, got, that artist make? Something about giving it up, to get it all, you gotta oh, give it all. To get it all, you gotta give it all up. That's on MIA. That's our latest song that's just come out. And I want to talk, because to me, you guys, and I like working with you guys, because you guys are genuine people, you're authentic. I think the music industry has kind of turned into who has the best personality, who has the best face tattoos, who is the craziest person out there, who can come up with the... you, You know, like a lot of the music very... Right now, doesn't really, in my opinion, send a message. It's just like talking about... Drugs, alcohol, fucking bitches, whatever it may be. How does that make you feel as artists who are very authentic, very genuine, writing about real life struggles that you guys go through, relatable things, and you see someone like, you know, 6ix9ine and and Lil Pump popping off? The thing is, music like that is, is, you know, it's very... um, it's short term you get your fix you right know, and it's very saturated because there's so much of it just coming at you coming at you so you're almost forced to consume it um you know we're trying really hard to put quality music out with quality lyrics that we really think about a lot and melodies and our our view on that is um you know at some point yeah sure people are into the 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 this the stuff that's like a drug it's like a quick mm-hmm. fix it's like cocaine you know whatever um, but our music is more like it's, it's music to give you life, you know, for longer. And when people start thinking about life and they're looking for, they've got questions and they need some answers, that's when they'll start listening to music like ours, you know, because it really means something. There's something deeper than just, um, you know, I'm a fucky bitch or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like. Well, that's why um, I like you guys. Can I just add to that? Like, yeah. I, I think um, there's a time and a place for that music. Like, I like ignorant music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But of course, we, yeah. we live in a. a a world now where it's not you don't get rewarded actually for having quality music necessarily it's the biggest currency now is attention of course and that's, that's what i'm what saying it it's personality mm-hmm. driven it's like yeah. who who's like cardi b she's crazy on her instagram mm-hmm. and six nine there's the stuff they say the way they yeah. act they're all sprinters you know but we're marathon racers so right. we're gonna I like be, that perspective. We're, we're gonna be here in five to five years making the same stuff. We're gonna be in ten years, even if it takes longer to build a bigger community, a bigger fan base, whatever it is. Um, we just want to share our work, you know. Have you ever thought about doing something like that? Have you ever been like some quick, almost fix trapped into the quick fix? Like, yeah. God, all these guys are getting this attention. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you stay true to yourself instead of coming out with some shit like that? 
uh, I watched an interview with Jay Z where um, I'm just gonna quote him, you know, in yeah, different words. But um, he was just like, it's like stocks. Music is like stocks, and right now we have a hot stock, and that's this mumble rap bullshit. Mm-hmm. But you gotta keep betting on your stock. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Just jump from one thing to the next. Yeah. That doesn't work. You need to stay in your lane, stay true to yourself, and that's and then build your own fan base. Like for all those people doing that stuff, that's cool, man. I'm happy for them. And I like some of that stuff sometimes, you know, but that's not, I can't carry that. I'm not trying right, to do right. that, you know? You're not trying to put on the front. That's, nah. If you guys <laughs> can't work. tell, they're very gentle spoken and soft spoken. <laughs> the thing is, you, you, can, you can manipulate, you know, through production to make it fit sort of the current climate of what sounds are working. And that's how you make people feel like they understand it. You know, like your parents probably think differently of the drum beats that we listen to today. You know, you play them a Bruce Springsteen song and they'll be like, that's our shit. Yeah. You you know. Yo guys, I interrupt this episode to let you know that this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that brings all these fresh ingredients straight to your front door and then you can actually cook them and have the pleasure of having a home-cooked meal, guys, in under 30 minutes. It's absolutely amazing. I actually do it myself and have Kylie cook all of these meals for me and they are terrific. You don't have to worry about going to the grocery store week in and week out, finding ingredients and, and even coming up with recipes. They have several options on there. You can guys can choose from the classic, the veggie, and the family style. And they'll, they'll hook you up, guys. It comes out to like $10 per serving. And you can save a lot of money because, you, you know, me and Kylie, we used to eat out a lot. But now that we have this, we save so much money because, as I said, it's only $10 per serving. Whereas when we go out in L.A., we'd be spending $40 a person for two people. And you, that can get pretty expensive uh, at three times a day. And I'm hooking you guys up, guys. I'm giving you guys $60 off. And that's $20 off your first three boxes, which is, you know, like receiving six meals free or 50% off three boxes. If you guys go to HelloFresh.com backslash large60 and enter the promo code large60, as I said, $60 off for you guys. Hook yourselves up with some fresh cooked stuff. You guys can cook it up. Have the pleasure of having a home cooked meal sitting around the table with your family. Um, Courtesy of Living Large and HelloFresh, guys. Back to the podcast. You know what's crazy? Because it's September and I was obviously listening to September. Do you remember? Yeah. And it's like, it's so crazy the shift in how music has come. Like mm. even from, and it's funny cause I'm like, I came up on Eminem and 50 Cent and stuff. Mm. And then Eminem drops this like diss album and then like talk shit about like Lil Pump, Lil Xan, all these guys in this new generation. But mm. then you think about it and it's like, my parents hated the fact that I listened to Eminem and 50 Cent. They were like, damn, this what what is this shit you're listening to? Mm. So I think it's still... Eminem was that guy that kind of was like hated by parents of my generation and now it's like Eminem's hates the music that's coming out now but it's like a little bit of a like okay like you were that guy mm-hmm. at one point in your life so now you're hating on these guys um what do you what did you think about the whole Eminem diss track coming out and then like MGK responding yo I, I loved that album I'm not gonna oh, lie I love the one with I was like, Lucas I was like some quality yeah you know I'm tired of hearing and everyone sounds the same yeah everybody sounds the same apart from a few yeah the music's gone through like the same like even Drake when he started doing like the the island sounds and then everybody Mm. was doing that like everyone was like dun 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 yeah I mean that same drum pattern mm -hmm. I mean I'm just for like people that have real art and a style like Drake has a style I feel like he invented you know Eminem has a style you you can you know it's Eminem without even seeing his face. You know his voice. You know you know his flow. So, 
I respect that stuff. I like it. I don't like a lot of the uh, what's happening in the music industry today, which is everybody's trying to sound like everybody else. Right, auto tune. Yeah, well, not just auto tune. The triplet flow, the mumble shit. Like you could take you could take just, ten artists out there right now in the top ten, like you know, US global charts, and it would sound like one album. Mm-hmm. You know, from Travis Scott to Future to all of these other eyes, Six Nine, Lil Pump, whatever. They they literally could go back to back on a song, put one album out, and someone would go, "Oh, who's this new artist?" You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I like the album though. I like the fact that he was dissing everyone. If entertainment man yeah you know i felt like rap was getting uh it's getting interesting again yeah it wasn't really rap i mean he like j cole is the only like rapper kendrick lamar and and, you know like there's something to be said for the fact that like people aren't going at each other like people shouldn't necessarily be tearing each other down all the time which i feel is like something that our generation grew up on everyone was tearing each other down especially 50 cent he was just you know that guy and he's kind of still is you know but like it makes it entertaining you know, like I'm just here with my popcorn watching. <laughs> I'm not getting involved, but I'm watching. You know, what what inspires a lot of your guys' music? So one of, one of your, a few I, I like a lot, I like all your songs. Uh, a few of my favorites are Focus, Only Fools Fall in Love, Sex for Breakfast. Talk about Only Fools Fall in Love because that's one of, that's one that's on your recent mm-hmm. EP. EP. Yeah, we started that uh, with a friend of ours, Tom Higginson from the Plain White Tees. You know Plain White Tees? I've heard of them. Hey, what, there, what? hey there, Delilah. Hey there, Delilah, what's, what's it, it like, like in New, New York, York City? City? I'm a yeah. thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Hey, sing it. Do I know that fucking sing song? It. Of yeah. course I know that song. <laughs> you know, get this. We walk in his house and we got a session together and we're looking around and we're like, yo, this is a fucking big house, like little mansion type shit. And uh, out in Malibu. And he looks at us and he goes, one song boys one song we were like we were just inspired from that we were like all right let's write one song let's let's get <laughs> that's nuts let's get yeah. one hit out once yeah because you one think song. one song you, everyone knows that song you yeah, hit yeah. one hit and, and then, we've bumped into him a few times he's still on tour still off of that song you know which has carried is carried a career for him so so, so with, that's what we're talking about quality yeah. right so quality you need that one song like you know. wow this is fucking amazing so we, that Bam. was a great yeah. song it, i think that song transcended but but at the same it, it goes the same thing in like uh youtube it's like you make all these videos right and none of them pop off and right. then that one video that pops off yep. gets you the eyeballs yep. and then they see the rest of your videos right. so that's like, why you just gotta hang in there you just so you need basically you need that one hit Mm-hmm. And then they see all these other, Oh wow Like yeah. what, where did these guys come from I like this song mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it Is all your guys' songs Sound like you guys And so sound we'll the just same. keep Putting songs out Until someone takes notice Right But um, yeah So we were in And just picked up a guitar And to be honest It was like the first thing We start fucking around with It was like Na 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 And from that We just started building And we didn't have a studio We had an iPhone and uh, we recorded. We were everything. expecting like him to have a studio. Yeah, right. He didn't have shit. <laughs> you know, no, he, he had he the did, house, but it was but, like, being built. It was okay. being built. Okay, yeah, to be fair, we recorded our initial demo on the iPhone uh, microphone. Wow, because <laughs> we didn't have anything yeah. at, the, at the house, you know. But like Charlie Puth style. But interesting fact, we used yeah. we used yeah. a lot of those takes because we tried to recreate this na na sound. You use it straight off the phone. Straight off the phone. Not all of them. We layered more, but there was something that the phone does when you sing into it that compresses your voice in a way that sounds great. So yes. we layered up all these vocals that had this sound, and someone was like, "Oh, yo, what's the effect you're using on the thing?" And we were like, "An just iPhone." Like, <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded into an iPhone and layered up. Yeah. Obviously, like you know, fifty. It's, of uh, them. it's also hard to recreate a moment. You right know, like that yeah. was the take yeah you know 
So, the hardest part was re- redoing the guitar, man. It had such a feel on the iPhone. And I would have used it, but you can hear the click in the background. Do you think it was demo-itis, though? You heard it like, like when I hear when I heard the song you guys gave me, Does Your Mama Know, for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, no, and no. then you send me a produced version. I'm like, what the fuck yeah, is like, this? Fuck. Like, this kind of like, sounds like shit. It's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe a little bit. Because like, you're obviously, I mean, when I heard Only Fool Fall in Love for the first time, I loved it. Yeah. But you guys. You constantly have to put yourself in the ear of the listener. How does that feel being a creator? Because this is something I fall into, never being able to enjoy your music for the first time. That's like you'll really, never, uh, that's you'll never point. get to hear your song for the first time like someone like me. But I got to think of it. I got to come up with right, it. Right, right. But you do yeah. because, you know, something like Sex for Breakfast, for example, we wrote in a day, produced it in a day, it was done. So by the end of the day, it was there, you know, right. so you can enjoy it. In fact, you walk away feeling great after that. So that's it's a slightly different feeling. I think like the aha moment is when you're like, this is going to be a good song, uh-huh. you know, and you, you don't know that there's just a, a, a point in the songwriting process where you're like, this is going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And that's like the most enjoyable part bar, like you, hearing the finish. I've thing. always wondered this. Do you guys think when you guys make music, do you think every single song is a hit? Because I always listen to an album, right? Mm. And you have whatever they call filler songs. Mm-hmm. Album tracks. Why? Why make those? It's not that they're they're doing that as a creative outlet. You know, that's okay. like that's their real. That's their music. That's because like you can go full pitbull on them and just yeah. release hits, hits after hits. I think. <laughs> I think it comes down to like um, different people wanting different things. Yeah. If you're a signed artist, you might be a true artist and you want to make your art. Maybe it's not the hit that's gonna like set the world on fire, but it's your art. It's true to you, and that's what some people might consider a filler song but your label they only want hits because for them it's a money machine right that's all it is not necessary to everybody but to a lot of them you know so a lot of artists have to balance this some people just aren't talented they have one good song and they don't have any other good songs right but that one song is going to carry the the weight yep. you know but uh it just i don't know it depends we With, don't do that uh you how know? do you is that something you would you rather be content with making like happy with making a song that you truly love and you stay true to yourself or having a song that is that hit what would be more satisfying for you no we're, we're, both. We're, both well yeah can but, you have both you can <laughs> let's have both yeah yeah like i, I think you just gotta be honest with yourself and what's to you because like you know we've had songs that we felt in the past could have been great could have been big whatever but for whatever reason they don't pop they aren't mar- they aren't marketed well or maybe they're just not good enough um but the thing we can walk away with is knowing that we put some, something out that we love right and that way mm. it doesn't matter what happens to it you know we're fu- we're at a point now in our life where we'll put music out and you know what if a lot of people don't resonate it with, with the same way we do that's okay what do you guys draw like a lot of your writing inspiration from cuz cuz you write songs that are relatable you know, to other people, they're relatable to you. Is that, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you draw them off of life experience? Do yeah. you, do you put yourself in the, the shoes of a viewer? Uh, uh, I think um, every song is a little bit different, but the common thread is that um, you try to put yourself in that situation if you haven't been there and see how would I react? So it is real at the end of the day, or it's a straight up. So how do you story. come up with something? Only fools fall in love and I fell for you. So you're calling yourself a fool. 
Mm. Well, we wrote it that song actually in two different sections because originally it didn't have the fell for you part. We were oh, literally okay. just saying only fools fall in love. We were bro- probably both at a point where we were like, "This is ridiculous. We're in LA, and only idiots would fall in love out here." Uh-huh. You know, and um, and then we were having some sort of afterthoughts that like, "Yo, maybe we shouldn't be dicks." Like saying, <laughs> "Like, you know, why choose one when you can have all you want?" You know, all that type of stuff. Um, and we thought, let's make it a love song. You know, because I think that. That's really how we feel. You know, I think we were just being a little angry at the time and a little like, you know, um, upset about certain situations. And I sense <laughs> some relatableness <laughs> in your life right yeah. now. And, uh, and, then we, and then we thought, you know, the only way that you would get that worked up about someone is if you really did fall in love with them, you know. I, just, I think that's just the most real sentiment that anyone can put out there. Only fools fall in love. Like, why would you do that? Especially at this point in our lives right We've got so much to live for so much to accomplish so much to do you know have you never heard people say love is pain like this yeah is, yeah this is a real thing if you love someone it can be really painful it can destroy you actually you know and if it doesn't work out you you people might never speak to each other again right there's all the ups and downs that go with with being in a relationship an intense one but then it's like you know that's that's why it's a, a powerful statement i feel if you say only fools fall in love and i fell for you you know, it's like, obviously we've drawn from personal experiences. I've, you know, I've loved someone before. I know David has as well, but like at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta come back to the songwriting and be like, okay, let's make a great song here, you know, so. And do you think ever, like say you go through a breakup and just, do you notice that in your music? Are you, when you're writing, is there a tone like, damn, like yeah. this, is, this shit's depressing. Or, or, or maybe even a happy moment Does I think a lot of the time we're trying to find a little, little piece of silver lining right you know, just something that because your songs are very upbeat pop yeah uh, we don't want to go happy to listen to we don't want to go we're broken hearted yeah. deal with it you know it's more like how can we help other people how can we help from our life experiences and what we've done how can we help other people deal with those same situations and you know everyone's will be slightly different but um, uh, with us we're always trying to find that little bit of hope that little bit of something that that you know, if you are down, you are upset, you are thinking about things in a certain way that maybe we can change change that a little bit. Do you guys, how do you guys stay positive? Because one of my, I'm always trying to find the silver line. I'm trying to always mm-hmm. be positive, keep my like, and I think a lot of people in the creative industry that I've realized are always looking for that positive. Yep. And I think as a creator, as a creative person, as a musician, whatever it may be, you kind of always have to keep that mindset mm-hmm. and it's tough. Yeah, it's really hard because, like, at the end of the day, you, your your job is to create, and it's supposed to be yeah. positive and happy. But at the same time, you're a human. You know, yeah. you deal with the same struggles as anybody else. Well, I think I think art should just be um, be real and be a reflection uh, and inspired by real life. Um, I think the positive outlook thing is um, that's that's more like a way to live your life. You know, like you can't. You can't be thinking negatively. It'll affect you really badly if you if you have a negative mindset. The people that win, they always have this positive winner's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we're both really aware of this, and um, being aware is enough to to then make a decision that you know, like I'm gonna look at the silver lining, not you know stuff that you can't have any control over. Right. Everyone has their moments too. You know, it's like Joe, with Joe and I. I don't know if either of us would have made it here by ourselves. You know, this is a tough place to be in, in mm-hmm. LA, in Hollywood. And like when people tell you you're not good enough, 
it hurts, you know, but we've had so much of that over the last like three, four years, whatever. We've always had each other to sort of say, fuck them, or it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because at some point we'll find that one person, that Adam Alpert, that whoever that does believe in it, that does want to, uh, uh, to help push our vision, you know? So, um, the, the point is not to give up on those. If you, if you, if you believe in something and you can see something right to the end, then you should and not let anyone else kind of like put you down because maybe it's not quite good enough. Maybe it's not quite the right catchphrase or doesn't Man. resonate with a brand or something. Everybody you know? has an opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you guys stay like uh, together and, mm-hmm. and working together where, you know, you have a lot of bands that one direction you have NSYNC, you have They're not real bands. They just they're, they're put not together, real, right? They're put together. OK, that's the problem. Name us a real band. We were friends from, from uh, the, the Beatles. OK, yeah. What they, about they did break up when they started disagreeing on stuff. Right. But like they did a lot. They of did music. a lot. Right, you know, Queen, wrote, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see that new Queen movie. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be yeah. fire. It, was he an inspiration for you? Because they're from, are they from London? I mean, I don't British? know if he was an inspiration, but I would listen to a lot of the music. You know, that guy can sing. Yeah, Queen. He's very English. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, super mm. English. Legend. Yeah, dude, he's got a nuts voice. What's the song? Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up soon. But what's the songwriting process like? Because when we wrote my song, it was back to front. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, and that was very interesting for me. The first time, guys, writing a song. Uh, it was weird because like we started at the chorus then we went to the what's that part that goes up to the chorus we spent a long time talking about issues in your life right right things like understanding trying to find a point that you know Mark resonated with Um, and then we started with the chorus yeah because you guys came to me with a lot of ideas like hey we really like this line camera shy Mm. Um, just because you know everything that I do is with Mm. the camera and and you guys saw my authenticity and I like the songwriting process with you guys because you guys we would spitball ideas and you guys would say something I would say oh I don't like that I would say something you don't like that but we would agree on stuff that was like true to me but at the same time we wrote it together and the cool the funny thing is guys when they first we first did the song Joe you guys you guys sent me it was like the song when I got it was na 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 is that what you guys do on every song typically or do you usually have like words in your head like it goes both ways. Yeah. Sometimes words come to, come to you without the melody, you know. But you're like, these are great words, you know. They're real. And sometimes I feel like when you hear the music, if like you hear some chords or whatever, the melody comes to you immediately. So the crazy. The other day, yesterday, I was at this house. Um, we had this barbecue. In fact, you were supposed to be there. Yeah, I wasn't. Didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and someone's alarm went off on the phone, like. Ding, 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 ding. And then immediately these melodies, fucking dope melodies came to me. At, yeah, man, recorded it on the voice notes. And I feel like like a set of chords or whatever, they just inspire melodies right. immediately. So, yeah, it was just spontaneous well, yeah. too. And you guys going to a party and that's really honestly just living life is the way to come up with ideas. Yeah. yeah. Just experience. Live your life and talk about it. Because you never know what's going to happen when you're yeah. being spontaneous. Yeah. Um, you guys have anything else to add? Any messages for those maybe coming over and trying to pursue music from Europe, trying to pursue music, say they're in college? Finish the songs, like finish the notes, finish the lyrics, finish the melodies, because a lot of people, they stop and they go out for a drink or they stop and they go out and party. Like, trust me, the parties will get better <laughs> with the more songs you make that, you know, are finished and complete. I think that's the musicians one, like, you know, biggest failure, failure, uh, 
failure is uh, not finishing music. You know? Right, leaving a lot of songs unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Finish it. Finish Speak it. true to your heart. Yeah. Anything else from you, Joe? Um, honestly, like just just be real with yourself. If the music isn't there, don't let your friends convince you that oh you're so dope. Yeah. No, no, no. Like take it on the chin and keep going. Um, I meet a lot of delusional people that like think they know they're not good, but they don't want to come to terms with it, and um, they let their friends talk them into believing that it's like a lot better than it is. Right. And then you you only get one chance at like a first impression, you know. So you got to be real with yourself first before you play your music to anyone else, because first impressions can go a long way. Awesome, guys. Well, Life of Dylan, there you guys have it. You guys check out their new EP, MIA, Missing in Action, on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes. Uh, thank you for watching this episode of Living Large. Oh, damn. I wish we did it the, the way we started it. <laughs> uh, but I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Don't, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Take it easy. Thank you for watching this CastBox original with Mark Donor. It's Living Large. Closing off. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Ah, Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow-through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.